across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. All right, let me welcome on to the show this morning, Advocate Selby Mahoto, who is the spokesperson spokesperson rather for uh, the Special Tribunal. The Special Tribunal was set up by President Cyril Ramaphosa in terms of the SIU and Special Tribunals Act of 74 of 1996. Their function is to institute civil recovery proceedings deriving from SIU cases. And this morning we'll find out exactly what the work that they've been doing has been. Advocate Mahoto, good morning to you and thanks for your time today. And indeed, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Now, when the announcement for the, uh, the establishment of a special tribunal was made, it was very well received, just given the sheer scale of the allegations of corruption and abuse and squandering of state coffers, the extent to which that had taken place. As the special tribunal, you've had an opportunity to have done uh, a bit of work since then. Give us a sense of what you have been able to uncover and and perhaps just the, the scale, the scale of the wrongdoing that has been taking place. No, thank you very much, Sasuke. Indeed, uh, as you correctly indicated in, in your introduction, Max, the depth of the work indeed has been massive because... Uh, in fact, we started uh, operating next uh, last year, just before the COVID-19. But within the short space of time that we have been operational, we have uh, been able to recover almost in, in terms of the orders that we have granted, almost at the estimation of $4 billion. When the president announced the establishment of the special tribunal, he publicly committed it to recover an estimated amount of $14.9 billion. Even this morning, we were supposed to be on trial in uh, the matter of the former uh, CFO of the uh, housing. So the trial has since been put on hold. So there's, there's just a lot of work going on. But we do believe that uh, within the time uh, remaining for to conclude the first term of the tribunal, we will be able to make a, a very substantial progress. So, so, so just just repeat the numbers in terms of how much money you've been able to recover so far. In terms of the orders that we have granted, it's $4 billion, almost $4 billion, and we still have $11 billion in terms of the applications that are still before us. But I can confirm that an estimated amount of $4 billion has been uh, recovered. Mm. What has been the most difficult thing about the, the work that you are doing? And have you been able to identify patterns within which the stealing has been taking place, at least from, from the cases that you've been dealing with? Two things. Firstly, uh, we find that as and when the net closes, especially on the people that are adversely affected by the work in, in the main respondents, we find that as and when we are, sub, we are due to conclude the cases, people just suddenly run out of funds. We... As a form of example, we had the case of one transnet uh, executive who was uh, ordered to repay an amount of 18.4 million, sorry. And as such, after conclusion of the trial, we found that he did come and then suddenly they no longer have money. We also had a similar experience when we were adjudicating on the SIU versus Minister Makanya, the famous in Kandla matter. 
the matter is due for trial, and it was delayed because uh, Makanya suddenly ran out of funds. The other thing that is actually giving us a challenge is that most of the parties are challenging the jurisdiction of the special tribunal in granting orders. It would appear that uh, people would rather prefer to be in the high court than in the special tribunal. But you, you and I will agree that before the establishment of the special tribunal, the SIU would chew in the high court like any other litigant. As we speak, there are cases that have been in the high court throughout the country, almost more than 60, that have been there since uh, 2013, some since 2014. But with the special tribunal, we have seen good progress. So, so, so those are the two key things that we have identified so far as challenges. But the, 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 in, in, in terms of the parties, the SIU and other parties were in, in discussions to have some of these matters transferred to the special tribunal for expeditious litigation, and they seem not to be in agreement. So with the cases that are before us, we will be able to take them on. So what happens in the case, as you have mentioned, where those that you have made findings against and you have told to bring back money say that they're bankrupt? What recourse does the special tribunal have then? Well, uh, the special tribunal will have to apply the law. For instance, when we're in the high court quite recently in the, in the transnet matter, mm. the respondent... Uh, walked out, he stood up addressed the judge and indicated that there was no way in which he was going to be able to defend the matter. As such, the trial was held in his absentia, but an appropriate and equitable order is going to be granted given the, the gravity of the matter and the weight of evidence. So a decision will be taken in absentia. Even uh, with the Makanya matter, we have had several meetings with the parties and they, he did indicate that he does not have any form of legal defense. So as such, we are going to be proceeding, and orders will be made. So if ever there is any evidence before the special tribunal that mm. warrants that an order be granted to the full recovery of the money, that will so be followed. At the time that you were established, we couldn't have known that the world and, in fact, South Africa would be in the situation that we're in today in as far as COVID-19 is, is concerned. And we also couldn't have see, foreseen the sheer scale of corruption that would have taken place linked and connected to work that was being done as this country battles the virus. How has that added to the work that the special tribunal is doing and how much of the COVID-19 related corruption would you say you've been able to get to the bottom of? COVID-19 actually has been a test and a defining moment for the special tribunal. The first case uh, on our radar was the outing PPE matter, which I indicated that it was supposed to be on trial this week, but now it will not be going ahead because the former CFO has now filed a legal invitation to the Premier and the Provincial Government of Hauteng to be part of the proceedings. So so, so that uh, application is going to be held on Thursday just before we go into into the main trial. We have had the Bay Bridge border fence matter, an amount of $40 million was involved. And as we speak, the matter is now set down for trial uh, from the 4th to the 8th of October. You will remember we adjudicated on the 10.1 million Eastern Cape scooter project 
the contract was reviewed and set aside. At the moment, we have got the routing Department of Education, the 481 million contract that is before the special tribunal, and the school decontamination tender. There is an application to review and set it aside. So in the coming few days or weeks, we will be educating on those matters. So, 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 in uh, next week, on the 25th and the 26th, we will be in the first stage. There is a matter there of the SIU versus uh, the MEC for Treasury in the first stage. Mm. And uh, that is also relating to the PPE alleged irregularities. So, there are quite a number of matters that are on the special tribunal role and they will be educated. So, I must indicate you are correct that when the tribunal was set up, there was no hint whatsoever that there is going to be COVID. And as soon as COVID uh, came in and with the SIU investigating, most of the files were referred to the special tribunal. And in some instances, we had granted preservation orders. Some of the bank accounts, for instance, in the letter matter, the contract of 139 million was reviewed and set aside. So, 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 so the department were interdicted from making further payments. Mm. So what I could say is that, uh, indeed, this was not on our initial scope, but we found ourselves at the center stage. One gets the impression that it's easier to identify officials in departments that are, you know, part of the collusion where irregular tenders or contracts are awarded. But it, it, it seems that it's difficult to track down the role of the political figureheads, whether it's of departments or whether of ministries that can and should be held accountable. How are you going about that process as the as the tribunal? Well, remember that uh, as a special tribunal, we are not an investigative body. Mm. We are adjudicating the law. We are only guided by the amount of evidence presented to us by the investigators. So if the evidence is weak, then it stands no chance. But now, in the, in, the, in the substantive applications that normally comes our way, we find that a lot of effort is taken to ensure that all the proper, uh, uh, the proper rules are indicated and that all the alleged irregularities are pointed out to the satisfaction of the presiding judge. So in the absence of a good evidence, we do not have any case. You spoke about the prominent uh, people that normally would uh, or would alleged to have been mentioned. We, 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 as the court, we cannot go around or we, we will not be going around checking as to the names of the party, of the, of the people involved. But mm. once the investigators find that, the special tribunal will be able to apply the law, irrespective of the person or the position that the person so occupies. Well, continue. We the case of the premier that is coming in, for instance, on mm. Thursday. I take it that the premier, by virtue of his office he occupies, is a prominent person, and as such, the net, he will be subjected to law like any other person. Mm, we have mm. got the 150 million digital rights case that is before the special tribunal mm. involving a former minister. Uh, apologies, Advocate Mahoto. I'm going to come in there because I don't want us to sweep over these cases. I want to, I want you to give us a bit more details in terms of the tribunal and, and what the work that you're doing is related to them. It's just after 10.30 and Musa has your latest news. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation.
We're in conversation with Advocate Selby Mahoto. He's the spokesperson for the Special Tribunal. Uh, Advocate Mahoto, you were telling us about the case that is uh, underway, and we're speaking about the role of political figureheads in these cases and the extent to which we have seen some of them implicated. So talk us through the case that involves the Premier of Gauteng, I believe it is on, that you said is coming up on Thursday. In a nutshell, this case, the uh, Ms. Lefwega, who is the former CFO of the Routing Department of Health, of Health, was scheduled to have a trial beginning this morning. That was going to run until Friday. But that could not commence after she filed a third-party notice. That is a legal invitation, actually, inviting the Premier, the Provincial Government of Routing, the Chief Operating Officer, the former Head of Department, as well as the two PPE suppliers. Mm. Uh, to the civil recovery proceedings. In this uh, case, in this application, Lithuania is seeking an order to join these parties to the proceedings as joint wrongdoers. And she alleged in the papers that uh, the Premier, the Houghton government, as well as uh, the mentioned officials, should be in a position to contribute to any amount that is found liable for the extent of their role and mm-hmm. alleged recklessness in the awarding of the PPE contracts to both later and the Biadika uh, service providers. So so what happened is that the SIU had instituted civil recovery proceedings before the special tribunal against Lithuania for the breach of their employment contract, as well as the alleged violation in the procurement of PPEs. So as this matter was, due for, well, was ready for trial, she came in with this application, which is now an interlocutory application. Mm-hmm. That is an interim application. That needs to be determined before we go into the main trial. But I must also indicate that we've also received uh, an application by the Premier and the Provincial Government of Wauding that they are opposed to the application, alleging that it does not have any legal basis. So those arguments will be heard on Thursday before the special tribunal. Mm. Either way, it creates an opportunity to um, hear the other side of the story. And I think transparency, you know, regardless of what each case might argue in in their defense? Certainly. One of the rules of natural justice to which the special tribunal so subscribed is that the other part of the, of the, the other side of the story must be told. And that is for the reason that we did not have an, a problem. Initially, the premier, the provincial government, and uh, later, were not cited in the papers. But as and when the, 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 the application came in, that is why there's, because the special tribunal, we determined that it will be necessary to hear all the uh, role players for any alleged wrongdoing so that at the end of the day, we are able to come to a fair and just determination. Have you been able to quantify yet in the matter of digital vibes how much needs to be paid back, how much needs to be recovered? At this stage, no, we have not yet been able to come to that determination. In terms of uh, the status on that matter of digital vibes, a preservation order has been granted. An amount of 22 million out of the 150 has been preserved, which means the alleged recipients would not be in a position to access the money. And in terms of the contract in its entirety, there is an application before the special tribunal to review and set it aside. We are at a point where in the parties have filed in their papers and we are only uh, waiting for the respondents 
by the end of this week or sometime next week, they will be coming back to the special tribunal with their answering affidavits. Mm. The matter will go on, and uh, at the end of it all, all the parties will be called to the special tribunal to come and agree their legal points so that at the end of the day, when we have to come to a determination, we will have had the opportunity to hear all sides of the story. How far are you going to go in terms of recouping some of the monies involved in that particular contract? I mean, you know, we've been told of uh, cars that were bought, of, uh, you know, how home maintenance bills that were paid for by monies that ultimately stemmed from this 150 million rand. So when you talk about monies to recover, how far down the trail will you be going? We will be going up to the last cent if that needs uh, to happen, because you'll understand that we will not in any way go out of our statutory mandate, which is to recover on behalf of the SIU any money that is alleged to have been misappropriated. Be that as it may, the evidence that is before the special tribunal and the side that is going to be given by the parties that are adversely affected will guide us at the end of it all. But also, the other thing is that in terms of the substantive application and the pleadings that are before the special tribunal, there are quite a number of allegations involving quite a number of people. And as such, we have got about 40 respondents in that digital rights matter. So if we have to adjudicate and hear the evidence of each and every person implicated. So, so, so at the end of the day, everyone will have an opportunity and where the, we follow the money, our mandate is actually, hence they say the proceedings before the special tribunal mm. are civil in character. That means we are after the money. Where there is evidence that the money is, our statutory mandate authorizes us to go there. Even if the funds could have been alleged to have been channeled elsewhere out of the country, we will reach there. I've got a message here on the WhatsApp line. Uh, somebody says the reason people prefer high court to special tribunal is because the special tribunal works in cahoots with the SIU instead of being an independent judicial body. Please ask the, the advocate for me. Do you want to respond to that? Yes, 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 that is not correct. It is not correct. Hence, I indicated that we are not an investigating body. The SIU is. The SIU goes out, gets the presidential proclamation, goes to the investigation, and at the end of the day, they will have to come with substantive applications. And we've got eight high court independent judges that are adjudicating on all these matters. So there is no way in which it could uh, be suggested that there is, uh, we are working in Kahoot. I would not uh, agree to that. All right, let's leave it there for this morning. Advocate Salbi Mahoto, the spokesperson for the special tribunal. So you heard him then list just some of the high-profile matters that they have been working on. Four billion rand recovered so far. The promise was that they would recover 14 billion. And that was before the corruption that has taken place under COVID-19. So I guess you could just keep increasing that number, right? Uh, By the end of it, we could well be looking at a case where they're chasing uh, at least 20 billion rand when it comes to the corrupt contracts that have been entered into resulting in state resources that are meant to improve and that are meant to go towards the delivery of services instead 
ending up in the pockets of different individuals. And yeah, we'll, we'll certainly continue to, to watch some of those reports. It's going to be interesting to hear what the Premier of Gauteng has to say in terms of being implicated by a former staff member in the corruption. And, you know, the, the CFO, as you've heard there, saying that the Premier himself has a case to answer. So, to answer. so that's coming up later this week. We'll certainly keep an eye on it.